Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ben, and in this episode of the Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast, we're chatting to a guy who loves to talk about barbecue almost as much as I do. Hey family, I hope you're well wherever you are and you got that thin blue smoke rolling. Today we're jumping all the way across to the UK and we're chatting with Ryan Guinea, the host of the Barbecue Talks podcast. And as I did say right at the start there, he loves to talk about barbecue almost as much as I do. So we're going to get some killer conversation here for you tonight. Now before we get into that, I do have a couple of announcements I need to run by you. The first is that our podcast partner program is now well and truly underway. We've been working with Jagged, we've been working with... Uh, uh, Ozpig and we've been working with heat beads and I've got some interesting data that I'm able to put before you now. So in case study number one there was five episodes um, were partnered through our gold program. We achieved a total number of views and listens of 51,000 for a total reach or exposure of that brand of 171,000. And then in the second case study we did even better. We got a total number of views and listens of 82,506 for a total reach of 241,000. 542. So if you're out there, you're watching this, you're listening to this, you've got a barbecue brand, you'd like to get your message out there and your, your values and your business practices align with ours, send us a message, hit us up and we'll talk about getting you into our partnership program. Now, if you are just at the beginning of your journey, we do have the Beginner's Guide to Real Barbecue available for you right now over on our website, smokinghotconfessions.com. It's been awarded by the NBBQA, so it's a really good read. It's completely free for you. Head on over there, check it out, grab yourself a copy of that. And a big welcome this evening to those of you that are joining us in the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community. If you're not there yet, do come and join us. It's the friendliest little corner of the internet. All the guff is left at the door. We just hang out, talk barbecue, and of course we do record these live podcasts in there. So if you are with us this evening, it's uh, it's nearly 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, so, uh, you know, most of us are in lockdown anyway. You can't go out, so you might as well jump on light and watch a barbecue podcast. Do pop some questions into the comments underneath the live video so we can put them to Ryan during the show. If you do catch the replay later on on YouTube, do do help us out. Give us the thumbs up, subscribe, and hit that little notification bell. Over on Facebook, it's all about the likes, the comments, and the shares. We do have IGTV as well. We do publish there, so like, comment, and follow on our IGTV uh, channel. And if you are listening on a podcast app, particularly if it's Apple Podcasts, do take a, just a couple of seconds, give us a rating and review. It really helps us climb those charts. And once again, in the last 30 days, we've been as high as number six on the US food podcast charts and as high as number three in the Australian charts. And all that comes down to those ratings and reviews. So thank you very much. We do appreciate that. It's very helpful. Now, the Barbecue Talks podcast show. I've been waiting to get Ryan on here for some time now. I did write an article about him for the Barbecue News magazine based out, out of Georgia in the United States. It's a great show. It's one of my favorite ones to tune into, and you absolutely should be listening to that, as well as listening to mine and, uh, and all those other ones that you do love out there as well. Add that to your playlist. It's a great show, and he's got some great stories, and we're going to find out all about what the UK barbecue scene is like today. So that's going to be pretty cool. But I think that's all you need to hear out of me. I think it's time to get Ryan in here. This is the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions Barbecue Podcast with your host, Ben Arnott. How long has it been since your last confession? 
Hello, Ryan, my friend. It is good to see you again. How are you? I'm real good, mate. Um, it's lovely. First off, thank you for having us on your podcast. Um, much appreciated. Um, really looking forward to a good bit of conversation about barbecue and live fire cooking. And hello, Australia. Um, yeah, nice to be talking to you all and hope you like to listen. Yeah, well, we're, we're starting to draw a crowd there in the uh, Facebook community. I can see we've got uh, nearly a dozen people live with us already. And it's, uh, as I said before, it's 10 o'clock on a Saturday night for us. So that's uh, that's pretty good. Most people are either in bed or, uh, well, as I said before, we're all pretty much in lockdown now. So 10 o'clock on a Saturday night, we're all pretty much in bed at the moment. So, uh, <laughs> mate, it, it's, it's great that we've got those people joining us here. So, mate, the first thing that I always ask everybody is what was the last thing that you barbecued? Oh, the last thing I barbecued. I made up some chicken kebabs, I think, the other day. Um, I've got a, a friend. He gave me some homemade um, sauce from, um, where is he from? It's like an Asian homemade sauce. Uh, I marinated the chicken, put it on skewers, chucked it on the barbie. I'll tell you what, it was some of the nicest chicken I've eaten for a while. You know, um, He's actually sent me the recipe. Um, I'm going to make some up and then do, do a video with it. I think everybody needs to know that recipe because it's a really good one. It's a good sauce. Yeah, I think the uh, uh, that the that the humble kebab stick has uh, has almost been forgotten at at times in the in the barbecue scene. But I really think it needs to come back because I love it. I love a good uh, good uh, kebab stick. Mm. Well, it's so simple and quick and easy to do as well for a midweek cook. You know, you sling a bit of chicken or or, or lamb on if you want and. Uh, marinate it before you go to work come home bang you've got yourself a really nice kebab or however you want to eat the chicken it's really good really really tasty i can recommend it or um with any sort of any sort of what else did i have i, I barbecue about three or four times a week so i think the chicken the chicken was probably the last one i had uh pork chops i had i just put some uh uncle steve shake from the us um he he's he's got some good products over there so he sent me some some i think it was competition pork powder and i put that on it just plain pork chops i i done that on a gas grill um i've got a grass sorry i know it's a gas grill but it's easy for a midweek cook you know what i mean i cook on everything i'm not i don't really care if, it, if you're outside and you're cooking it's barbecue to me you know mate this is smoking hot confessions if your confession is that you cook on gas that's fine you're in the right place now I do have uh, a, a a bit of a question that's a bit of a sidetrack. You're talking about uh, kebabs there before. I don't know if this is a uh, is a food style in England, but uh, here in Australia we're we're quite the multicultural society. So we've got kebabs which are the the skewers, and then we've got the the Lebanese or the Libyan style kebabs which are the the flat circular bread with some shaved meat um, put in the middle and then some salad on top wrapped up, grated about three in the morning after a night out on the beers. We also mm. call them kebabs. So do you, uh, do you do you have the 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 two food types with the same name over in England? Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, yeah, the the dirty kebab, if you like, is the three o'clock one in the morning <laughs> when you when, when you when you're coming back after a good few beers, well oiled up, and then um, yeah, you got your skewers and like your what's the word? I wouldn't say more more recognizable meat i would probably be the easier way to put it than uh than your like we call them the elephant leg over here you generally go to a kebab van and it's it could be anything you're eating but you've had a, so many beers you don't really care as long as it's covered with chili sauce and a salad it's, it all tastes good you know <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I, I went to university um, down in Newcastle, actually, in New South Wales, and there's a really famous tram down there, Harry's Pies. And that was where you always stopped at about three o'clock in the morning. You'd get yourself a, uh, and like a good Aussie meat pie with a big dollop of mashed potato on top, some mushy peas, and then they'd uh, they'd sort of push the push the spoon down into the peas to create like a little hole, and then fill that up with gravy. And uh, that that would get you sorted after a big night on the beers. What what is it about Australians pie? When I was out there, pies are, it's almost like <laughs> <laughs> you, you know everything goes in a pie. Or you can, like, I've seen like pie sandwiches and stuff like that, you know, it's all sorts, all sorts. Yeah, we do love it. We are, uh, we are quite creative. We do love to, uh, to, to get in it. And then using all your barbecue leftovers in a pie is quite popular at the moment. Um, now, mm. I, I know that you spent a little bit of time living uh, here in Australia. Did you ever visit Kmart when you were here? No, I, don't, I might have passed no, through okay. it. To, to be fair, I, I didn't live over it. I just sort of like travelled up and down a little bit and around. And... Oh, okay, okay. All right. Well, Kmart is kind of like a quick and cheap little uh, sort of department store type thing. And the Kmart mm. pie maker has become an absolute cult hit over here. There's massive Facebook groups dedicated to the Kmart pie maker. That's how much we love our cheap electronic appliances and various department stores. And we mm. love our meat pies. Yeah, I certainly remember the meat pies. We, God, when we first come over, we stayed in Sydney, and it was in the Cross area of Sydney, which is like, well, oh it's, wow, it, it, it was <laughs> it was cheap as you could find, you know, because we didn't have much money, and we like our, our daily, well, we didn't really have a commute. It was like waking up on UK time, going out for a beer. There'd be sort of like ladies of the night congregating around and we we got on first well i wouldn't say we got on first name terms but we got quite friendly with them because we were just english guys wandering backwards and forwards to the pub <laughs> but, young english backpackers I'm, I'm i'm sure you were very friendly yeah yeah it was literally um, like no shena no shenanigans went on but we just got quite they were fascinated as, oh, look at the weird english guys <laughs> what are they doing and like we weren't we were just all crazy smash drunk at the time all the time literally all the time yeah, for a, for a couple of months there, when I first moved back to Australia, um, I was living in my my great aunt had bought one of the old um, army barrack apartments uh, from the Vietnam War era in Elizabeth Bay next to the cross. And uh, right. I don't know if you ever made it down into Elizabeth Bay when you were here, but it's really strange. Like King's Cross is kind of dark and dirty and dingy and gross. And you literally reach the end of the street and turn left around the corner into Elizabeth Bay. And you know, mm. there's a gentleman at the at the bottle shop standing in a three piece suit with a bow tie and a tray full of drinks, saying, "Good evening, sir. Would you like to uh, sample some wine?" And uh, you, you walk inside, and it's you know five hundred dollar bottles of wine. And literally just around the corner, there's there's ladies of the night offering you their services as well as you're stepping over syringes to try and get to Elizabeth Bay. So that's yeah. uh, I, I I know the area that you're referring to pretty well. Yeah, we we sort of learned it pretty good and yeah we, we stayed there for a little while then moved on it was just a summer summer to stay someone I, I remember uh we ended up in an apartment block on the harbor um but it's not as nice as it sounds it was almost like a derelict building <laughs> <laughs> so one of my one of my first nights in australia was spent in this building with cockroaches everywhere and like, i didn't even want to lay on the floor but i was so exhausted from the travel from the uk to australia I was like, oh man, welcome, welcome to Oz. <laughs> yeah. 
like I'd done my sleeping bag so tight, I couldn't, like, I was like, oh, then the, the roaches were massive on the walls. So it's sort of like a real vivid memory, but good times, though. Really, really good times. Like, once we broke out of Sydney and headed up, it was fantastic. Trump. It's definitely a good part of the world to uh, to come and visit there. So, mate, tell me, um, you've uh, you've obviously uh, quite the quite the barbecue fan. You know, you've, you've got your own podcast show. I'd imagine that, mm. that you're like me. You've got several different barbecues out in the backyard. What's your favourite barbecue to cook on? Oh, it's kind of asking about. That's saying, what's your favourite child? You know what I mean? It's like um, I would say probably my UDS. I, I built it from scratch out of an old drum and plumbing part so it's it's nice to say yeah i made this and i'm cooking on it this is this is my thing um a close second would probably be oh there's so many to choose i've got i've got a uds i've got a couple of weber kettles i've now got a flat top which is really fun to cook on as well um Obviously, I've got my gasser for the midweek, but yeah, I'd probably say UDS is probably the the, fu- the, the most fun. Followed followed by my Weber with a rotisserie is like quite easy. Yeah, there's a there's a lot you can do with the Weber kettle, isn't there? Mm, it's the most diverse cooker, I think, um, especially if you're starting out. You know, everyone's got to get a Weber. You cut your teeth on them, so it's it's the way you got to go. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now let, let's circle back to this UDS. Now you you said that you built it yourself from a from a drum and plumbing parts did you did you just sort of have a crack and just sort of work it out as you're going along or did you did you buy a kit from somebody did you look up different plans how did you how'd you go apart that project how did you go about that project well i'm i'm a a working engineering by trade so i'm I'm quite handy so uh i've done a load of research on on youtube it's like a a magic um, dimension if you like your firebox has got to be roughly a meter away from yeah where you're cooking so you get that good indirect heat um but then yeah i just watched a load of videos as, 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 as i spoke to you earlier about uh, this guy daddy cooks he he made an interesting video he done all the measurements with a um with a dollar so it's sort of like a dollar bill he just used it as a fixed dimension and then if he wanted to change the dimension you just folded it in half or quartered it so then you've still got your fixed dimensions which keeps it uniform which is what you want you want equal spacing for airflow obviously so you can control it easier um but yeah that's that's what i done i sort of went out started up a uds group in in england that's um ugly drum smokers barbecue uk i i started that up as literally just somewhere to take notes and keep a record of where I was at and see what was working and what wasn't working. And people started to join and I offered advice and, um, yeah, that's sort of grown pretty well. It's not a massive Facebook group, but there's a lot of good people in there with a lot of good advice. If you want to learn how to build a drum, it's a place to go in the UK or in, in the world. Everyone's welcome. But yeah, yeah back, yeah. back to, back to how I built it. It's sort of like, I, yeah, I can, so I've got friends who weld, I've got friends who, do all sorts of stuff just got a drill and went at it really painted it and that was that it's not it's not rocket science they're really easy things to make and completely stable to cook on i say it's probably one of the up easily one of the best things to cook barbecue on or certainly easiest things to cook barbecue on because once you get the airflow right you can just set it and forget it and wander off and eight hours later you come back and it's still going like, i've had 16 hour cooks out of that thing and not had to adjust anything that's just wow. lump in a basket with a couple of couple of vents open you know long as it doesn't get too windy or the temperature doesn't drop you're, you're golden 
Yeah, that's impressive, man. Yeah. So what's your favorite thing to cook in the drums then? Like, do you find that it lends itself to a particular protein? I would probably say my favorite is beef short ribs for sure. You know, um, I always, I've never had the best results with brisket because over here, the brisket is like really lean. Like if we want good brisket, you got to get Australian or um, UDS. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. But to be to be honest, they're really really expensive over here because obviously you've got to ship them. So short ribs are always good. Um, beef chuck is good as well. That, that's sort of very similar to brisket, but a lot cheaper. Um, because I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm frugal, but you know you got to look after the pennies. The pounds to look after themselves. You know what I mean? So yeah, beef beef ribs, chuck roast, um, pork butt, that's an easy win all the time. If you've got, if you've got a load of people coming over, chuck a couple of pork butts in the drum. I normally do that overnight, pull it out and you can, um, yeah, you got the, you got the party to enjoy instead of standing over a grill and cooking. Cause that's, that's what you find. If you, if you generally, if you're having a party you're and you're cooking like, like what I said earlier, kebabs or burgers or anything like that, you're kind of chained to your barbecue area. Mm. whereas if you're smoking overnight you can just sort of like it's all done prep it beforehand pull it out there's your pulled pork chuck up the sausage on for the kids you gold and you're good you just crack open a beer and away you go well you see now ironically i actually have like, like a little bit of social anxiety um which is funny given that i you know i i work on stage presenting to to crowds and all that sort of stuff but uh mm. like in a in a social situation I actually, I actually get really uncomfortable. So I prefer to be chained to my barbecue area, working on my barbecue. And then other people that are into barbecue can come and talk to me at the barbecue area about barbecue. And then I'm fine. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really interesting. You know, you, know, you sort of present Bob, great big barbecue shows and things like that. It's social anxiety. So. I've got I've, I've got no issue jumping up on stage. I, I used to play guitar and, and sing in bars and stuff. But uh, yeah, like a like an actual social engagement, social situation, I get quite uncomfortable. It's bizarre. It's really strange. It is. Well, well what do you think? You know, we're thousands of miles apart on the other side of the globe, and we're having a conversation like we've known each other for ages. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's for me. I, I I can chat to anyone about anything. Generally, I'm, sometimes it's not a good thing. My mouth opens before my brain engages, but. Nine times out of ten, I'm all right, you know. Um, but I, 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 even my wife, it's like we wander around the supermarket, and I start talking to someone because I think I know them, but actually they've got no idea who I am. I just they just look familiar, but I just chat and chat and chat, and they're like, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they've sort of they've sort of gathered their children in behind them, and they're standing there, sort of <laughs> between you and the kids, and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Nice, I'm, I'm nice. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Now let's uh, let, let's loop back to these briskets. You said that um, that the briskets are typically lean and expensive. So uh, here in Australia, most of the time in the past, when we were looking at briskets, you'd get a rolled brisket, which was a flat that had been rolled for like a pot roast. Um, mm -hmm. It was a really long time before we were able to start getting packer briskets, which is the the point and the flat together. How do they come to yeah. you? Do they come to you separate? Do they come to you as packers? And what sort of size is an average brisket over in the UK? Generally, um, if you want a brisket, you've got to go and like you make friends with your butcher. You pop down and like there's online stores as well you can go to. In fact, a guest I had on, I think it was last week, James Jail Butchers in the UK. They supplied lots of good quality barbecue meats for barbecue competitions around the UK. You can 
order that online and they'd ship it to you. But equally, um, I've got a couple of good butchers near me because I, I live in the countryside, so it's quite rural and, well, for want of a better word, it's posh. I'm not posh, but I live in a posh area. Um, so there's lots of butchers who are kind of fascinated by me because I go along and I want all of the cuts no one wants. So it's like, it's good for me because everyone's going there looking for the like the beef like um, sides or the nice sort of like beef cuts. And I say, oh, have you got any brisket? Yeah, we've got brisket. All right. So um, what part of the brisket have you got? And they generally pull out like the flat and it's all rolled up, stuffed with stuff. I was like, no, 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 I don't want that bit. I want the bit you turn into burgers. <laughs> and they're like, you what? <laughs> so some I've, I've got really friendly with a couple of them. And now I've, if I want one, I'll go there and they say, oh, ring us up on a Tuesday and you can come and get a whole a whole brisket. But generally it's not packaged up. It's cut. It'd be aged and cut. And oh, they wow. cut it to how you want it. So, and it, and it's not overly expensive because it's not a really, well, it's it's gone up a lot because obviously barbecue is growing in the UK. Mm. But when I first started doing it, everybody was like, what do you want that for? And said, oh, I'm going to smoke it. What do you mean you're going to smoke it? I'm going to stick it in a, stick it in a barbecue and it's going to sit there for 12 hours or however long it takes until it's done. And then I'm going to eat it. You're like. All right. So you're not going to like put it in a crock pot or nothing like that. It's like, no, that's, that's what I'm going to do. But yeah, so it's been, especially for my area, it's like no one really, there's a few people around me that cook low and slow, but it's very few and far between. So at the minute it's rich bookings for, um, for me and the butchers. Yeah, that's interesting. So your, so your butchers are still like uh, real old school butchers that are breaking down the, uh, breaking down the animals out the back. They're not uh, bringing in boxes of prepackaged meat and just opening the boxes. That, I think they bring in sides of meat. I, I don't think they get the whole beast, but they do get a fair amount because like, they've got the cabinets and you can see where they are and where they're at and they're breaking down the, the beast depending on... Well, it's generally beef they display because that looks a little bit more impressive. Or well, lamb looks good as well, I must admit. But uh, yeah, they, they, they generally are breaking down animals in the shops in my area i think that's probably more of an exception than the rule because obviously supermarket meat's big over here i'm sure it must be over there as well if people can go and get a pork bot for for a, you know a couple of quid they go and do that but i do if, if i want something special i'll go to the butchers and i always i always buy short ribs from a butcher always buy brisket when i get it because i'll be honest i'm not the strongest brisket cook in the world i've done a couple They've been mediocre at best, but then I get the chuck roast and I find similar taste and it cooks a lot easier. So why make life difficult? And it's less expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um, I'm making a series of barbecue videos at the moment. So I'm spending a bit of time at my local butcher and the price of meat here at the moment is incredible. So you were just talking about how you've seen a bit of a rise in the price of brisket. I've seen a mm. staggering staggering rise in the price of brisket in the last six years since I got into this. Um, no, a bit more than that, almost 10 years now. Uh, you know, brisket was $8 a kilo. Now it's $25 a kilo. And uh, I went to get a brisket the other day and I couldn't get one for less than $150, which I think is probably about 75, 80 pounds, I think. Mm. Just looking just looking at the exchange rate on, on Google here. And uh, uh, the... Short ribs that we were talking about come in two packs with three bones in each rack. 
So sorry, two racks right. in a pack, three bones in each rack. Uh, so six bones. Um, there, I just come in just under a hundred bucks. No way. Yeah. Sure. The, how much? The last, like again, I sort of buy it and it's cut to order. But the last one, last set of short ribs I got, I think I paid about twenty-five pounds, and that was for the free set, and they were big ones as well. They're really meaty. I had to. Like, uh, how do you get the short ribs over there? Do they have the brisket on the top, or is the brisket cut off when you when you get yours? Uh, most of our low and slow cuts are all pre-packaged, so um, there's not very many stores at all anymore which are actually breaking down um, animals in the back, and so they're they're arriving in cartons, vacuum sealed, and uh, it, it's literally just they're you know thirty centimeters square, sort of chunks of, uh, of of meat with three bones in the back, and then about six centimeters of meat all the way across the top okay so generally when we get them over here that you know well you obviously don't because you haven't there's like um <laughs> you have like a very thin layer of brisket across the top of the short ribs and then you've got like the, the fatty layer with the the sinew on and then you sort of like cut that off and you get down into the into the rib meat which is generally pretty well marbled anyway so when we buy a short rib, it's always got a really thin layer of brisket and the sinew on top. Not brisket, short rib, sorry. So what you've got to do is you've got to take off the brisket and then the sinew because obviously different types of meat cook at slightly different rates because otherwise it sort of gets really springy on top and generally it just burns and goes nasty anyway. So you've got to really sort of cut it down. They won't. They, I've asked them a few times, they just won't cut that layer off. I think it's just... Just for just for the weight, you know what I mean? They see that as that cut. Got a project you'd like to work on with the SHC team? Shoot Ben an email on ben at smokinghotconfessions.com and let's have a conversation. All righty, now let's jump into the Barbecue Talks show, man. Tell us about that. When did you first, uh, first kick? Well, actually, you know what? First of all, let's start off with why a podcast. Why did you get into podcasting? Well... I sort of stumbled into it by accident, if I'm totally honest. Um, how it all started out, I, I've, let's start from the beginning. I started off with my youth, with um, my Facebook group. Then I got to the stage where I was like, oh, all right, I'll do a couple of lives. So I started doing a couple of lives on that, just through Facebook, when, that, when all of that started off. Then my laptop broke. I was like, all right. So I hooked up with um, uh, my mate Matt. He used to... Well, he's not a co-host anymore. He does a lot more of the stuff behind the scenes. So we hooked up with Matt and we started doing just like face, uh, YouTube lives through the laptop and all that sort of stuff. It's not monetized, so I had to um, use a laptop with a webcam, etc. And then that just sort of like started to gain traction. A lot of people were sort of coming along and looking at it. So we decided, oh, maybe we could turn this into a bit of a show because basically all we were doing was going on, getting drunk and talking about barbecue, which is pretty much still the premise of the show on a Friday night. Um, we go <laughs> along, get some people in, have a few beers and get drunk and talk about barbecue. So as it progressed, we sort of like moved along, tried different formats, figured out different stuff to where you see the scene now. Before it was a green seat, uh, a green screen behind me. It was awful. It was terrible. Like you could, you could move around. It looked like I had a halo around my head. <laughs> like anything reflecting, it looked like we had this. It, it looked, but at the time we thought it was really good, and um, we weren't 
we didn't really have any equipment. We were just using like the cell phone headphones and stuff like that. And we thought, oh, yeah, we're doing a barbecue show. We're doing really good. Then we had, we had this guy on called, his name's um, Jeff Rice, right? He, he's he's a good YouTuber, right? We, I had him, funnily enough, I had him on a guest. He was a guest last night on the show. He's sort of like a friend of the show. He's, he's helped us out and he gave us a lot of advice. But that was like a... a a eureka moment or an epiphany if you like it was like oh we're not that good because this guy's come on he's got like the road mic set up he's got the light in it looks really nice so the next day i was on amazon <laughs> buying, <laughs> buying, <laughs> buying a podcast mic and the lighting and some of the stuff you see behind you now and i thought well i've got to up my game and i've got to sort of try and take it seriously so that's that's what we've done and um we we sort of like gradually progressed. We got some, we've been really lucky with guests. I'll be totally honest, considering our podcast as it is now is just over a year old. The guests we've had on have been totally amazing. We've been really, really lucky. I don't know if that's just because, but you know, you know how the game works. You know, you, you, you probably message a, a ton of people and then you get not many messages back. But as you progress, you sort of like the more people you message, the more people you know, the more people you want to come on, etc. And it kind of that's sort of like how, to, how it works. So we've just sort of like bit by bit turned into the slick machine that you can see nowadays, which is <laughs> um, the barbecue talk show. Um, guy, in fact, one of the one of the listeners is this. Yeah, it's opposite. Over there. You see the barbecue talk show. One of the guys who listens to the show, he sent me that sign. He's like, yeah, have this, use it for your show and stuff like that. I was like, all oh, right, yeah, it's really nice. Thank you very much, you know. Oh, wow, that it's... was made by a fan. Yeah, send it in. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah, he's, he does all custom, like he makes grates and stuff over in the UK for like panchettas, like Weber's generally, or what it make whatever you want. He's not doing it at the minute, but... He made that sign. He said, yeah, take it. Thanks. I really like your show. And it was like a gift. I was like, wow, what's going on? <laughs> People are sending me stuff. <laughs> you know? so Beautiful, really man. Great. That's so good. That, that, that means that you're touching people. That's, that's what that means. People are making mm. a personal connection with your show. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a ride, you know. I've told you, I, I can talk the hind legs off a donkey. The only, like, I'm dyslexic. So I have anything writing, I'm pretty, pretty messed up, but I can talk and talk and talk some more. Whereas Matt, he's really technical. He can step in, he can do lots and lots of all sorts of cool stuff with the internet and all sorts of um, make loads of stuff up for Instagram and things like that and just share it. And I'm just the guy who talks. Matt's sort of like the brains behind the, the thing. And now we've got another couple of, co-hosting as well so we can sort of like rotate it a little bit and take a little bit of pressure off because obviously you do shows all the time you haven't got any time to do anything else because it's a process isn't it you get once you have one guest in you're thinking okay who's up next we've got to do the questions for that you've got to do the artwork for that and you've got to get everything else sorted out so it's almost like a job it is yeah it's yeah for, for 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 each one hour episode there's easily 10 hours of work before and after so mm -hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's without without the editing and all the rest of the stuff that goes into it. You know, it's like, mind you, I do find I do find sound editing a lot easier than visual editing. That's, that's oh, quite... definitely, absolutely. 
I can get lost down a rabbit hole of, of, of video editing for so long, so long. I I was feeling really good. I was working on this week's beef rib video. I, I looked at the clock. It was midnight. I had to get up at 6.30 in the morning to go to work the next day. I went, that's okay. I've done so much today. And I looked at the actual uh, project. I was two minutes into the project. <laughs> oh, mate. I spent I spent like four hours like editing all this all this stuff and color grading it and working on the transitions and all that. Two minutes. I was two minutes into the video. It's going to be about a sixteen minute video. That's a lot of work. It is. It is. There, there has to be a better way. But I I will uh, continue and I will get there in the end. So man, tell me a bit about um about some of the different guests that that you've had on the show. Who's been uh, who who's sort of who, who's made you laugh? Who's entertained you? Oh, that's a good question. I think all of the guests we've had on the show have been good in their own way. Um, there's been a lot of interesting guys on. I'd say Meathead, obviously, you could you could listen to him for for ages. I'd, in fact, I'd, I'd like to have him back on. Um, I emailed him the other day and started a conversation. Then we, I don't know, we've just got to hook back up and start that back up again. Um, Definitely like to get Meathead back on. Um, Christian Stevenson for DJ Barbecue. He was really good. Very easy interview. Very knowledgeable again. Uh, who else? Um, I'll have from Meat and Metal Barbecue. He's a Norwegian Traeger representative. And he's he's a really good, interesting guy because obviously it's a lot different to how we cook. Like he does low and slow barbecue. But equally as well, on the back end of that, he's got the Norwegian way of cooking and everything's almost sort of like Viking-esque way of going about stuff. Um, obviously, uh, the UK barbecue guys, we've got Marcus Bourdain. Um, he's like a UK writer. He's been on a few times. Um, a good good friend of mine. Um, he's been on, yeah, three times. One, he come on to talk about his first book, Food and Fire. Then he was writing his new book, Skewered. So sort of like we sort of like followed his journey along. So he sort of like he'd done his first book, second book he was writing and come on and told us about it. Third book he released well, second he released that book, so he come on promoting it and stuff. So it was quite nice to get the the journey of that book out and sort of how he went about doing it and the whole way of, and he's just started up a UK barbecue school. Um again, really, really nice guy. Can you hear my chihuahua in the background? Yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> They must have gone out. He's going mad. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. It's all good. We don't mind. Mm, yeah, sorry about that. I think it's right. gone out. But um, yeah, so another one, um, Finnick, he's a really good uh, Daddy Cooks YouTube channel. He's really good. We've had um, Pit Life Barbecue on a few times. They're friends at the show. They're, they're really nice guys. Um, great podcast. Go check them out. Um, what else? Maybe someone not so far away has been on the show very recently. <laughs> um, there's so many people to mention. Like we, we go from like great big people you'd think you'd never speak to in a million years, right down to, well, not down to, but just the people with interesting stories. We spoke to a guy, uh, Her Jorge, I think, Jerez. Uh, barbecue along the way barbecue on the way his name is he had such an interesting story he, he 
He was born in South America, grew up in South America, worked in restaurants. Then he moved up to the, up to Canada, and then he sort of cooked up there for a little while. Then he moved across to Finland, and he cooked over there for a little while. And I thought, wow, he sort of, he sort of hit us up as, oh, can I come on your show? I was like, yeah, of course you can, because he sort of like gives us a little bit of what he done. And I thought, yeah, you'd be a really interesting, interesting interview. And he was, he was brilliant. Like, there's so many. You don't need to be an international barbecue megastar to have a good story about how you cook barbecue. You just got to know how to cook barbecue. And if you want to know, we're going to talk to you. Like, we, I'm happy to te- hear a story from anyone who's got anything to say about cooking, especially over live fire and barbecue. I think it's, it's a common thing around the world. I think it's really good. Exactly, man. That's what it's all about, a good story. Now, speaking of a good story, there is one of your episodes that really did stand out to me. Uh, it was Russell Gill from Rusty Barbecue Co. And, uh, and and you and the lads got together and you discussed the important role that barbecue can play in mental health. So I was, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about that episode and what were some of the biggest takeaways for you from what Russell shared with you? Well, um, yeah. Out of uh, the so the hashtag for that is um, hashtag Q together. Um, a lot of people are using that in the UK to help raise awareness for mental health in the UK. Like I've, I'll be totally honest. I've had mental health problems. Um, when I was younger, my my mum died, and um, and more recently, I had a, a nephew who passed who, who died as well, and that just sort of like triggered off a load of funny stuff in my head brought a load of stuff back so i went off for a bit of counseling and sorted myself out you know what i mean because obviously your, your brain is like a muscle if you don't train it you know you've got you've got to look after yourself um so russ has come up with this idea of um this queue together thing and he's really really passionate about it it's it's he's he's queued up um queued up teamed up with um a couple of mental health charities in the uk one's called mind and the other one is called something else that i can't remember off the top of my head i apologize for that but mind is the the main one um and they basically actively help people with mental health issues so if you've got if you've got a problem you ring them up and they sort of like help you through it and direct you to some some sort of counseling which you need or what whatever fits your particular problem and i'm i'm really passionate about it i think everybody deserves to be listened to and helped because if you don't reach out to someone or some say so it only takes someone to say how you're doing like if you know and then oh you get to stand up oh yeah i'm good and then you can go oh well actually how are you doing just to reinforce that and then you might actually find out well actually they're not that good and they might need a little bit of help and if they do you should always sort of just a little arm around the shoulder to help people out makes a big difference you know it a little sometimes a little bit goes a long way and it's always worth asking that question because if you can see someone that isn't necessarily looking on point or at the top of the game, it it could be something and it could be nothing. You, you've you've just got to ask the question, and you shouldn't be shouldn't be afraid of asking the question. And I don't I don't think there should be any sort of stigma around mental health because, as I said, your brain's a muscle. Um, if you you go to the gym, you work out. It's the same with your mind. If you don't do that, you know. Sometimes funny things can happen to people. Yeah, no one's going to judge you when you say, oh, look, I'm sorry, I can't have a beer. I'm having some problem with my kidneys. But, mm. uh, yeah, there's there's no stigma attached to that. So I, I, I agree with you. There shouldn't be any stigma around this either. And we're starting to find a lot of people starting to do some work with with, with barbecue and, and mental health here in Australia. And uh, mm. 
I, I think for me, particularly for, for, for men's health, it's not exclusively men, of course, barbecue is, it, it is open to everybody. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but men in particular, we don't tend to speak about that sort of stuff unless we're gazing into the fire. Mm. We're not, can't make direct eye contact with anybody when we're talking about this stuff, but we'll stare into mm. a fire and we'll start talking about stuff. So, uh, I, I, I agree that there's quite a big connection there and it's important and, uh, and we need to get the message out there. So I, I really enjoyed that episode that you guys did there as well. I thought that was just great. Oh, thank you. It's very, very kind of you to say so, you know, um, anybody wants to do any sort of link up with Australia, UK, I'm sure hit us up and we can put you through to Russ or contact Russ directly that, you know, the, the, the more people who get involved, the stronger we are and it, the easier it would be to attach, make connections and lose the stigmatism behind what is a terrible thing and can be bad for a lot of people, you know, I'm quite yeah, passionate about man. it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you can tell, but like, I'm, I, I really am very, very passionate about it. And I think it, if anyone can be helped and everybody deserves to be helped and there's no reason why anyone shouldn't be helped. So, you know, just, just be nice to each other. See, if you see someone looking down, Go and say, hey, what's up? You know, if you haven't heard from your mate for a while, give him a ring and say what's going on. Yeah, good advice there for sure. We we should always definitely reach out. And and even if you're wrong and everything's fine, at least that person knows now that you're watching their back, that, that you've got that, that you've got their, their best interests in heart, you know? Mm-hmm. So totally. That that's always good stuff as well. Uh all right, now. Tell us a funny podcasting story. It might be a disaster or, or it might be like an amazing experience that you had or it might be, uh, you know, did you did you record a live podcast somewhere that was kind of kind of curious, kind of cool? Well, I can bear it in. Right. So going back to the beginning again, um, I started doing like uh, a Facebook Live for my but it isn't necessarily podcasting, but at the t- like, this is Philip. This is Philip Riddick. This is uh, Daddy Cooks again. So I was like, oh yeah, come on to my barbecue show, uh, to my um, barbecue Facebook group. We'll have you on as a special guest. You're going to do a draw. It'll all be fine. It'll be good fun because he's very, very. Fun. He's a funny guy, you know. So we got him on. It was all set up. The program was running. Right, me like an idiot. I hit a button on my laptop. I'm not really very techie at all. And I sort of froze like this. <laughs> Fantastic. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Like, it's like, can you hear me? He's like, yeah, yeah, we can hear you. It's like, Phil, you got to do something, man. And like, he was just like laughing his head off. He's like, you're an, you're a, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, in his unique, very unique way. Um, but yeah, it was so, it was like a complete disaster. It couldn't have gone any more wrong but another one for for a podcast for an actual podcast thing again this is my fault i'm not really very techy windows update what should you not do before you do a podcast i'll tell you something something for nothing a windows update is definitely something you should not do before you start to do a live podcast so i mark and marcus was on i was like oh it's all right i got a I've got this little update, Marcus. It shouldn't take long. This was the big Windows update from about three, four months ago. <laughs> I was sitting there, sort of like I hit the update button. I was sitting there sweating, thinking, 
oh yeah, it'd be done in a minute. Of course, the kids are in, so Netflix is going and everything else along the way is just sort of like fired up. Charlie started playing Fortnite while watching his phone on Netflix. <laughs> it's like, oh, it was, it was the slowest Windows update I've ever had to sit through. And it just about finished before I went live. I was like, down to the second literally down to the second and i was so flustered when it come on i knocked my drink over it went all over the floor so i was like welcome to the barbecue talk so i was literally (laughs) i was covered in beer (laughs) probably worried that you're gonna like like electrocute yourself with the beer and all the power cords running across the floor yeah, exactly. I was just because like where I am is it is it's like a laminate flooring, so the boy, the beer didn't run anywhere. It's just sort of like I was, I was thinking, I'm covered in beer. I'm on a podcast. I'm interviewing someone, and I've got to be like, oh yeah. So how's your book going and all that sort of stuff? And I'm thinking, well, I don't think they can see the beer on me, but it's like sitting there feeling a bit uncomfortable. It's a, it's probably the best way I could put it. You know, it's almost like a. A tra- <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't even say, but it was it was very uncomfortable because it's like a leather chair as well, so it was kind of pulled in where it shouldn't be. <laughs> You're listening to the internationally awarded Smoking Hot Confessions podcast with massive barbecue nerd Ben Arnott. Okay, now, Ryan, we're in the third segment of the show, and uh, I, I just realized that this is something I forgot to word you up about before we, uh, before we went live. Uh, this is the, the, the part of our show where our guests share some wisdom, uh, share some knowledge, and give us a bit of a lesson in something that they're a bit of an expert in. So uh, I, I'm going to throw the studio over to you. You can uh, share, some, uh, share some tips and, and techniques. It might be you know, how to build a drum, how to best cook on a drum, a particular protein, or if you want to talk about uh, something uh, else in the, in the world of barbecue that, that you know a lot about and you'd like to share some, uh, some ideas on. Oh, geez. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, if, um, how could I, what, let's, what could I, so, so we kind of touched on the drum earlier. Like the drums are easy, but well, they're not easy to build, but you need to be a little bit handy. So let's go down the cooking route. I'd say, um, oh, yeah, trim, uh, let's go for trimming and breaking down meat, I'd, I'd say. Um, don't be scared to take off too much fat. If, if, if you're, if you're, for instance, again, short ribs, we've touched on that a little bit. So a lot of meat marbled into that short ribs and i and cer- certainly over here um this is going to be it's sort of like difficult to translate it over to different countries i don't know how your meat is but certainly don't be afraid to take a lot of the the, the hard white fat off on briskets as well cut all of that stuff out because it's not it's not going to cook down it's not going to be tasty and it's not going to do you any good make sure you get rid of all of the your silver skin on whatever you're cooking so pork butts cut the skin off take the silver skin off get rid of the skin on top of the pork butt because it's not really going to do you any good. The rubs won't penetrate through. So when you're preparing your meat, make sure you've got a nice meaty finish on, that sounds a bit weird, but no fat, no silver skin, nothing. So you can get your rubs all penetrated into your meat. Another thing is people say you've got to get your meat out and let it sit on the side. No, you don't. You take it out of the fridge, you put your rub on, let your rub work for about 20 minutes get it in the smoker the colder it is 
the more smoke you will take on because smoke gets attracted to cold and wet things. So when you put your cold, wet meat into the smoker, guess what's going to happen? It's going to taste more smoky. That's what we want because we're smoking meat. So when you're putting your meat into your smoker, make sure it's cold and wet and not dry and warm would probably be a good bit of advice because obviously you've got to keep your meat at a reasonable temperature because you might get sick if it's too warm. But um, it will taste better. Um, how is that for some advice? Keep your meat, keep your meat cold and wet, not warm and dry. In a Very sentence. good. That's a good tagline. You should put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. Mate, with all that hard fat that, that you trim off, do you keep it and, and use it for anything? Do you melt it down to make tallow or do you just uh, chuck it in the bin? Oh uh, yeah. I've I've um smoked some. So I've melted it in the smoker and then put it in the fridge and used it for roast potatoes. Ooh. Tell us more about that. Well, obviously you, you, you can smoke your beef down, that are all rendered down. Well or smoke the beef fat down, that are rendered down quite easy. Um, one, once it's rendered, tip it into a into a cup. So I it does it doesn't take long. It all depends on what you what you're cooking on UDS. It sort of it it sort of renders down pretty pretty rapid, you know, because they're they're normally running at around two fifty two seven five. I find it's a natural sort of place. They're quite happy to sit, um, and you sort of like get a good smoky flavour from a UDS as well, just because the fat is dripping on the on the plate and you, you know we all know how all that works um, <laughs> so the the tallow takes on the the smokiness from the from the the smoke being created in the cook stick it in a cup and put it put it in the fridge make it make your roast potatoes you can well you can use it for anything but i like i like the the beef fat roast potatoes because i just think they taste so good they're really rich tasting um and it's pretty old school as well, you know. Um, if you think about it, the dripping, like you, 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 all you Australian people, you must have dripping from your beef roast. It's exactly the same virtually. So even if you if you have um, like a pan going on underneath your 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 cook, you know, use all of that. It's all good stuff. It's all flavour you can use. Yeah, so when you actually do go about making those those roast potatoes with the uh, with the beef tallow, did you just uh, do you wait until they're finished roasted and then cut them open and put it inside instead of butter, or are you are you like basting oh. them with it during the cooking process? How are you actually using the tallow in the potato process? Oh, so, sorry, sorry, I, I misunderstood what you meant. So, um, you know, your roast potatoes for your Sunday roast, yeah. So you yeah. you peel your potatoes, you cut them into sizes, reasonable size chunks. Um, once they're boiled, stick them in a pan and put your tallow on them. So then, like the your traditional roast potatoes that you'd have with a Sunday roast, but with the smoky flavour from the barbecue. So, and it works depending on what sort of gravy you, you put with it. It works, it works really well, or like obviously whatever condiments you fancy, or or just with barbecue, it's pretty tasty as well. If I'm totally honest, and you, you can cook all sorts of stuff in it. It doesn't have to be roast potatoes. I've had, um, what else have I done? I've roasted carrots in it. That's quite nice. Um, cut them into strips with parsnips. A little bit of honey on the parsnips. Put some beef tallow in with it. So then you're still roasting it. You can do this on the barbecue or 
in an oven, if you wish, wherever, whatever. It's, it's just a heat source. It's not really bringing anything to the party. Um, if you've got room on your smoker, do it on your smoker. Or if, it, if it's hot enough, if not, just bung it in the oven. But you'll still get the, the smoky flavor, which you've put into the tallow from when you've been smoking your whatever your, your chosen protein. You can do it with pork. You can do it with beef. Any, any fat works. I've not really tried chicken, but to be honest, you don't really get much chicken fat anyway. Do you? And if you do, I'd be a bit sort of dubious about using it (laughs) (laughs) if anything that is going to make you sick it'd be the chicken fat that's for sure um yeah beef or pork works really well very nice man sounds delicious now Mm. how long does it uh keep in that cup in the fridge ah for ages oh yeah 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 well it's 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 pure fat yeah so there's nothing nasty in it because everything's been cooked out so it's got up to a temperature and it's sat there. So it's basically, I wouldn't say pasteurized, but it's kind of whatever's nasty in it, it's been killed from the cooking process. So as long as you keep it covered up, like you put it in a cup or put it into a box or as long as it's covered, it'll sit there for a month easy. Well, if, if you can not use it for like, to be honest, once you make it and you make your first set of roasties, you, it, it'd be gone pretty quick. Don't get me wrong. It's really, it's really good. <laughs> Fair enough, if you can man. Keep it for, if you can keep it for that long, <laughs> alas. Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. All right, this is probably a good point for us to start wrapping up the show. So I'm going to throw the studio over to you now. Give some shout-outs, give some thanks to people that have helped you out along the way, and make sure you tell everybody where they can track you down on the internet. Okay, so first off, um, I'd like to say thanks to Matt. Um, he's Smoking Cues on Instagram. Uh, he's he's doing the work as I said he's doing the work behind the scenes now for the barbecue talk show um, also got Tom he's helped us along the way um, he's barbecue life UK we've got Charlie um, he was co-host last night pickles barbecue over in the states um, good lad go check out his channel we've also got <clears throat> Lep and Cider they're both on YouTube um, and Instagram go check them out um, I have to get the link in the show notes because I've I've just had a bit of a brain freeze. I can't remember names of their channel. Leprechaun TV and Cider Tablet Two on YouTube. They're both they're all moderators for our our show. So if we're going live, one of them would be in there and they'd be sharing links and helping us out that way. Um, who else? Uh, Phil Riddup. He's been a co-host, so go check out Daddy Cooks on YouTube. He's been really good. Um, you can find the Barbecue Talk Show on any platform you look for um tiktok isn't really being used at the moment i've just taken over instagram so i'm going to be building content for that we've only got a thousand followers at the minute so please do go over and, and click the follow button and like what I've, the content i've put up so far there's not much but it will grow also we've got a facebook group and a facebook page uh the facebook page is where the youtube where, where the live broadcast goes to and then it's shared to the facebook group so go check that out. Give that a follow and a like. Um, we're also on all of the podcast platforms. So just put in barbecue in Spotify. We should pop up pretty close to the top. We've got, we're, we're doing all right. So um, if you want to listen to the back past shows with great guests, check check that out. It's, I'm, I'm not saying it's a great listen, but it is. <laughs> <laughs> humble plug, humble plug. Yeah, absolutely. Come listen. It's good. Everyone's welcome. Also, um, from my point of view, I've got a YouTube channel called Brian G's Barbecue and stuff. 
just on 500 subs i could really do with the help but then i'm not really making content at the minute but pop over and you might see something you like on instagram tiktok i'm on tiktok oh i'm on tiktok i'm flying on tiktok i've got like a thousand <laughs> followers already it's the easiest thing you can do in the world tiktok um, wow okay it's so easy to grow it's i've said it before it's the growth area of barbecue at the moment for videos and stuff like that make short videos post them to tiktok you'll be surprised what they do awesome mate awesome well look thank you very much for your time i've, I've loved having you on the show and i look forward to talking to you again soon Lovely. Thank you, Betty. It's been great talking to you and um, take it easy, mate. And there you have it, family. That was the one and only Ryan Guinea, all the way from the UK from the Barbecue Talks podcast. How good was that? I'm going to go check out TikTok. I do have a TikTok account there. I haven't done much with it. Um, maybe I'm in a generation that just doesn't understand it. I don't know, but obviously I need to get around it. So I need to get over there and check that out as well. Now, before that, you go just to remind you of the announcements from the start, the podcast partner program is now well underway. So if you would like to be a part of the show, do reach out to me and we'll have that conversation as well. We've got the free ebook available for you over on the website. We've got the Smoking Hot Confessions barbecue community over on Facebook as well. We are doing the YouTube drive at the moment with our cooking videos being exclusively posted to YouTube. So you can go and check that out. But before I let you go, I just want to say we have mentioned some, some mental health issues in today's episode. So if you do need help, reach out to Beyond Blue, one 4636 Completely free, completely confidential. You can speak to them and they can help you get a plan to help you get through whatever it is that you're going through. So that's about all we have time for today. So until next time, take care of each other and keep on queuing. Thanks for listening to the Smoking Hot Confessions podcast. Head on over to smokinghotconfessions.com for recipes, tips, and Ben's own confessions. <laughs>